Welcome to the Dear World Podcast, the place where if you drink your water and you mind your business, you'll be just fine. I'm your host, Miss Amber J. We're all family here, so nothing is off limits. New episodes air every Tuesday at midnight. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Don't forget to turn on your notifications so that you will be alerted whenever a new episode has been posted. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Dear World Podcast. This is the very first episode of 2020. And Happy New Year, by the way, to all of you beautiful people. Moving forward in each episode, I would like to highlight a small business, a service, or a product. If you are interested in being highlighted, please send your information to dearworld.amberj at gmail.com. Again, that's dearworld.amberj at gmail.com. So this might not seem like a big number to y'all or it might be irrelevant. You know what? I take that back. I'm not going to belittle my success. Since July of 2019, when I started this podcast, I have received over 400 plays. I am very excited about that. I hope to double and then triple and then whatever comes after that, those numbers. So I am very excited about 2020 and the upcoming episodes that I have for you guys. And I have one final update before we get into this episode. Bongos, please. Be proud of me. I finally created a website. This is something that I have been meaning to do since 2019. Now, I don't own the domain, which I eventually would like to do because I don't like using third party um, websites. But in the meantime, you can check me out on www.dearworldamberj.wixsite.com forward slash website. Again, that's www.dearworldamberj.wixsite.com forward slash website. I will link it in the description box of this episode because I know y'all didn't write that down and it was a lot to remember. Also, Wixsite is spelled W-I-X-S-I-T-E. So now you can listen to the Dear World podcast, check out the Instagram page and purchase your Dear World t-shirts all in one place. This episode is dedicated to answering questions, so without further ado, let's get into it. The very first question is, how do I tell my friends that I'm gay? My answer for this question is very simple. Um, I believe that if people care about you and love you the way that they proclaim to, then it won't matter what your sexual orientation is. As far as telling them or how to go about telling your friends that you're gay, um, It depends on you. When you feel comfortable, it's your story. So I feel like you should tell it when you're ready and if you're ready. But I definitely don't recommend, you know, hiding behind who you are. If your group of friends doesn't accept you for who you are, then you might need to look elsewhere for friends. The next question is, what advice would you give to someone suffering from depression? That's a really heavy question. The first thing that I would say is seek help explore your options for seeking help. There are hotlines, there are groups, um, there's professional counseling, there's group counseling. So kind of explore your options. The second thing that I would recommend is finding someone that you can trust, someone that you can go to when you do feel depressed and someone that can look after you and check in on you, someone that you trust with the things that are going on in your life that kind of have led to your depression. And I will also tell a person that's depressed to remember that they are loved and that their life has purpose. And I know that sounds cliche, but when you're in the darkest moments of your life, you sometimes forget that. You sometimes forget that your life has purpose. You sometimes forget that you are loved. You sometimes forget that your life has meaning. 
Um, so maybe writing a letter to yourself when you are in a good space that you can reference when you're not in such a good space. And that might not help some people, but it might help some people, if that makes sense. Um, just to remember that you are worthy of life because just like autism, I think depression has a spectrum and some people get really far onto that spectrum where they contemplate suicide while other people, it's just like a dark, you know, moment in their life. So I think it's important to remind yourself that your life has meaning, your life has purpose, you're worthy, you're loved, you're important. Um, and then to also lastly, like I said, seek help, but seek help before you get to that deepest point of your depression. Um, I think onset treatment is the best opposed to waiting until you're kind of, I don't want to say too far gone, but to the point that you kind of don't want to be reached and you shut everyone off and you're just stuck in your own head. Question number three, how do you regain someone's trust? That's a difficult question to answer for several reasons. Um, I don't think you can just make a person trust you again. They have to do it on their own terms in their own time. I can say that it helps if you apologize and you're sympathetic in your apology, but also showing that your actions have changed because an apology means nothing if your actual behavior is not a reflection of that apology. Um, And just also understanding that a person is going to forgive you in their own time. There's nothing that you can necessarily do to make them trust you again, because you can do everything in the world and a person still not trust you. So just giving them space and time to allow them to heal and go through whatever process they need to go through in order to forgive you and in order to trust you again, because it's it's honestly hard to build trust with a person once you have broken it. Um, and just staying consistent, but I would definitely say the number one thing is an apology and then change behavior along with that apology. Number four, why do men cheat when they have everything they need right in front of them? Baby, I don't know. Men are stupid. (laughs) No, but seriously, um, first off, understand this. A lot of times cheating has everything to do with the person cheating and nothing to do with the person being cheated on. And I say that from a man's perspective and a woman's perspective. Um, you could do everything right. Clean the house. Well, take care of home, show affection, have great communication, great sex, um, be attractive, be educated, all of these things. And a man can still wander. He can still have a wandering eye. He can still have a wandering spirit, a wandering body, all of these things, because in the end, it's something in him that he has to resolve and not necessarily something that you did. A lot of men sometimes don't realize, or I should say not even men, a lot of people don't realize what they have in front of them while they have it. But then sometimes it's just not you. You're not that person for that man. He's still looking for something that he doesn't see in you or he's missing something within himself. So he's going to do everything that he can to find that when really he's he's lacking something within himself. So I don't like when women blame themselves for cheating unless you're one of those people that's just horrible and you always want to argue and all this other stuff. But even then I still feel like cheating is not excusable because you could just end the relationship. But A lot of times with cheating is literally not you. It's the person that's doing the cheating. It's something in them that they have to figure out. And there's nothing in the world that you could do to make them not cheat on you. Because some people are just, I don't know, they stupid, like I said. (laughs) But no, um, 
I I don't know. I don't have a, a solid answer of why a man would cheat when he has everything in front of him. But I can say this. If you are one of those people, and I'm I'm doing this across the board, whether you are a man or a woman, I know the question was directed as to why do men cheat. But if you are a person who does everything that you're supposed to do, that you feel that you're supposed to do as a man or woman, and you feel that you take care of your mate and you have your mate's best interests at heart, and you do the things that you're supposed to do at home and you have done nothing wrong, do not sit and blame yourself and do not sit and harp on that person. You go find somebody or allow somebody to find you that is deserving of your love, affection, and kingness, queenness that you, you know, have within yourself. Don't be sitting up crying over a person. And I know it's easier said than done, but understand that in that situation when you're cheated on and you have done nothing wrong but love that person you are the prize and you deserve way better than what that person could ever give you moving right along next question what are some red flags to watch for when dating okay disclaimer i may or may not be the best person to answer this question simply because i constantly look for inconsistencies in people's stories and their behaviors and their actions Yet, if I really like a person, I will ignore red flags. Why? Because I'm stupid sometimes. But um, I think red flags for me are the opposite in what I look for in a mate. So if I said that I want to have children, I would not talk to someone who doesn't want to have children because that's a red flag. Um, I wouldn't continue to date someone seriously if they said that they didn't want to get married and they were like, solid on that or I should say grounded in that decision because why would you talk to somebody who doesn't want to get married when that's what you want so red flags are can be things that you look for in a mate but your mate doesn't exhibit another red flag is a person who's inconsistent someone who's not reliable someone who doesn't know how to handle conflict someone who doesn't know how to communicate someone who doesn't know how to listen these type of things are red flags so I guess, in a sense, a red flag has to be individualized for you as a person and what you're looking for in another person. And to add to my response, I also think there's two different type of red flags. There's a deal breaker red flag, and then there's just a, ooh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch out for you type of red flag. Um, I think, well, I know for me, a deal like a deal breaker red flag is a person that doesn't want to get married because I know that I want to get married and that's not something that I'm willing to compromise or sacrifice. Um, and then an I gotta watch you red flag is someone who has poor communication skills. Um, because I think depending on the subject, a person can communicate poorly and then another subject that can be a great communicator. And I think that communication is something that can be worked on. But if a person is not willing to work on it, then guess what? That becomes a deal breaker. So in my opinion, I think there's two type of red flags that you look out for and just deciding, is this a deal breaker or is this something that I just have to be mindful of and watch? And if it, you know, continues, then yeah, it's going to be a deal breaker. A final question. I'm a virgin. Is sex an important part of a relationship? First, let me say I commend anyone who is a virgin, especially if you are over the age of 25. That is commendable to me. Um, And to answer the question, I feel like sex is only an important part of a relationship if both people 
have already had sex or are used to having sex. For people who have sex, yes, sex is an important part of a relationship. But if you're a virgin dealing with another virgin, then sex is probably not important because neither one of you have ever, ever had it. However, if you are a virgin dealing with someone who has had sex, that is probably an expectation to them, a part of the relationship because that's what they're used to. Honestly, I can't answer this question. I think it's something that you would have to sit down and discuss with your mate. Is your mate willing to be abstinent with you? Um, Are you guys willing to try different things such as oral sex or masturbation with each other? Things like that that aren't actually penetration so that you maintain your virginity. Um, And also speaking to them about how important sex is in a relationship to them because everyone has different values when it comes to relationships or when it comes to having a perspective about sex. But I definitely think they would need to be respectful of your boundaries and of your wishes when it came to sex or the lack of sex in that relationship. Mm, Last thing, don't be out here just giving your cookies, losing your virginity to anybody just because sex is important to them. Because if you're important to that person, they're going to do what they have to do in order to either wait with you to have sex or if the relationship is not going to be long term, then they're just going to let you go because you're not the person for them and they're not the person for you. Today's quote is an African proverb. If you are filled with pride, then you will have no room for wisdom. <laughs>